Welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And I'm running on no sleep, Tommy. Yeah, we're uh, we're recording this separate from the regular episode, which is a, uh, a bit of a, a shift for us. It's been a wild week here in America. It's been a wild week. I like that we're talking as if like the majority of our listeners are outside of the U.S. What is it, like 50-50? Yeah, I don't Sound know. off in the comments. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's 50-50 U.S. and outside the U.S., I know, yeah. for the regular show. I don't know about Patreon, actually. That's an interesting question. Yeah. To say, um, no, to say nothing of the scoundrels that steal this feed from friends. That's fine. Or loved ones. Loved ones is okay. Steal from your loved ones. From your friends, no. Pony up. Yeah. Unless well, it's a roommate, it, I think it, I think we should be. It's a it's a household. It's a, it's a household account. Yeah. Well, um, regardless, expect to see us in court. Hey, uh, we're fi- filing a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> so, for for context, we are recording this Thursday night, November fifth, twenty twenty. Yes. Um, in the United States, um, where um, you know, it's it's been a stressful week that we don't know who the next president's going to be. We're not. Yeah. Hey, look. You don't get political on this thing. No. Um, I'm an anxious boy, though, Tom. <laughs> yes. You know this? Uh-huh. Uh, I just haven't been able to, like, do anything productive for the entire Oh, week. no, and me I- neither. Yeah, just because uh, uh, it's very hard to, like, uh, get anything done with such uncertainty hanging in the air. Yeah. Um, and it's, no, it's a, and that goes for any type of thing. Nobody likes uncertainty in any situation. You know, people keep likening this to like, oh, well, in 2000, in the year 2000, mm-hmm. the presidential election here, you know, we didn't know for over a month who won, right? Because yeah. there was recounts, court battles and everything. But they didn't have fucking Twitter <laughs> where you can get up to the minute updates from Experts, yeah, idiots, comedians, <laughs> people you love, people you hate, yep, um, constantly, right. And it's it's very very difficult not to take advantage of the fact that like there's something new, a new thought, a new take. Even if you know like this thought or take is gonna make me so angry, yeah. Or if it's like this isn't gonna uh, add to my knowledge of any situation. Nope. But it is going to get me all riled up. Right. And it's not like, uh, you know, if if a, a, a result finally comes in and it's made official, you're not going to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like, I, I also, wasn't on Twitter when that came out. Wait, who was it? Who Who's president? But you might get some good information and you never know what a yeah. tweet says until you read it, Tom. <laughs> That's true. I have a, a cross stitch that says that up in my up in my room. Yeah, my grandmother used to tell me that. <laughs> well, and I think like, uh, you know, think about, uh, you know, when you're when you're like waiting for something in the mail, you're very anxious 
And then the mail comes and the thing you were waiting for is not in there. So it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to check the mail a thousand more times yeah, uh, because the mail only comes in once. But And in 2000, you just waited till 630 until Tom Brokaw came on and told you what was happening. And exactly. Then... There was nothing new to glean really throughout. I mean, CNN was around and stuff, but like, I don't know. There, it, CNN, there was cable news, but it was the same as it is now where they're every cable news channel is just trying to fill time all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember seeing actually the other day on, um, I think it was Fox news, but I'm not even sure what, what cable channel it was. Uh, it was like the day before election day and they had somebody on, they were like, uh, Donald Trump, of course, will be watching the election results from the white house. Something, only the incumbent president is allowed to do. It's like, yeah, do you think that the, both of them are over there watching the results? You don't have to say that. Everybody knows that. It's not The Bachelor where when it's announced, <laughs> right. like one of them has to leave. Right. And, and you know, but they're just saying things to fill time. You know, um, it would be nice if if they both it, did have to watch it together. Not even that, that <laughs> if here's what I aspire America to be. Look, we're never. I, I would aspire more than a two-party system, right? Yes. In in a perfect world, but if it's a two-party system, wouldn't it be cool? Well, I guess it's kind of the case. Uh, <laughs> if the if the two candidates were like good friends, <laughs> and they were like gonna hang out that night anyway, so they were like, "Hey, let's watch the results together." Hey, we usually hang out Tuesday nights anyway. <laughs> uh, Tuesday nights movie night. Let's let's uh, let's watch together at the in the in the Oval Office You're in the in the Lincoln bed in the Lincoln bedroom. Yeah, let let's uh, get get a laptop out, put it on the bed, and we'll both uh, land the we'll bed. Make popcorn, Tim. What you're asking for is impossible, and uh, I point to the uh, court case of Dan versus Dave. Hmm. Yeah, the, one uh, of them wouldn't even make it. Exactly. That they tried to have two friends. Uh, what was that? Reebok, Nike, Reebok, right? It was Reebok. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted. They were like, "Look at this. We're gonna have uh, two Olympians. Uh, who's gonna win, Dan or Dave? But they're friends. But they're competitors. And then uh, one of them didn't even make the Olympics. And then nobody we'll, gave a shit. We'll never know if it was Dan or Dave. What was that 1992? Yeah, it sounds about right. But yeah, just you know, there work, was an Tim. entire podcast um, from ESPN mm-hmm. about Dan and Dave. Oh, um, really? I can't remember if it was. I think it was like a season of a show. Oh, okay. Like probably like an eight-hour. I want to say, or, or, or it might have been one episode. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it could be. But anything. I contend that you and I have talked more about Dan and Dave <laughs> in passing on podcasts. Than they did in that deep dive, um, very informative. Come on, ESPN, reach out. We'll do it. <laughs> we don't. We don't even know which one didn't make the Olympics, but have us do it. Tom, two things I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very anxious, yeah. and apparently, and and I was, uh, I realized this. Um, I did the same thing at the very beginning of the pandemic like mid March mm-hmm. when I was like this is the apocalypse yeah this is it we're all gonna die and as I have since uh Tuesday of this week is where like I'm anxious enough that I do not eat food during the day and I never feel hungry yeah I 
I don't really drink water either. It's just mm-hmm. my body's just like, nah, Tim, you don't need anything. <laughs> just run on that well, nervous energy. <laughs> um, I've been I've been mostly that way, except at night I've been uh, stress eating a lot. So then I wake up with like uh, a full a full stomach that is also tied in a knot, which is uh, a bad way to wake up. Yeah. Also, I oh, man, I had a loose ba- stool. Loose stool. Yeah. No tight stool. Really? If anything? Yeah. Constipation. I would think that. I would think that you. Um... You eat so much food, and then mm. your your stomach is twisting it all around. And... <laughs> oh, it's making it into loose stool? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's how stomachs work. Okay. Um, but also today, uh, you know, because I'm like so uh, discombobulated, I fucking threw my goddamn keys down the trash chute. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it ruined my entire day. Uh, because I'm coming in with my dog, and I've got my keys in one hand, and the <laughs> yeah, bag of dog. Of course, it's gonna ruin your whole day. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing a human being can do. I got my my keys in one hand, and a bag of dog shit in the other. And guess which one I throw down the garbage chute? jeez, oh, man, you gotta so, get your head right. So then I'm like texting the super to get down there, and I've I've com- i I've you know what. You're going to complain about your super right now for being a real jerk and an asshole and a dummy, mm-hmm. but who's the guy that threw his goddamn keys down the garbage chute? Oh, 100%. I mean, I I actually kind of like the super, but um, the one thing I don't like about him is that, and I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, uh, like, I'll... He'll complain to me about things. He'll be like, oh, yeah, like, they're giving you, you know... Uh, they're replacing your refrigerator with an old refrigerator. They should replace it with a new one. And I'm like, what? Why are you telling me this? <laughs> yes, yeah, speak up to the 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 people in charge, man. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you, like, hey, then I don't want this, and you have to go back and tell them I insisted? Like, so I'm not crazy about that. But anyway, I was texting him, calling him, no responses. It was the one time in the, like the past, I don't know how many years, when the porter, uh, essentially the janitor here in the building, was just nowhere to be found. Normally, this guy's hanging out in the lobby. Yeah, and you have no respect for him because he's a blue-collar worker. No, because he doesn't say hi to me, and he just like just hangs out all the time. Um, but I find him, I find him like two hours later, finally. And explain to him, he doesn't speak English very well. And so, but he like takes me to the trash compactor and opens it up. And I'm like, oh, I, I can go in the trash compactor. <laughs> like, I don't. Whoa, are you going to get crushed? <laughs> well, that's what I'm wondering. Cause it's like, uh, everything pop culture has led me to believe is going into the trash compactor is a one way ticket to getting killed. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then I'm just like in the trash compactor, like picking through trash and it, it's not in there, but I also don't see my dog shit. Um, so I'm like, and you would know your dog's shit anywhere. Well, it was in a hundred. You see a field with 10,000 shits <laughs> in it. You'd be like, that one's gingers right there. Um, it was in a bag so and there was there was no bags very nervous there was no bags of dog shit in there so i'm like 
uh, yeah, it's not in here. It was other garbage bagged up and taken somewhere, and he just goes like, uh. <laughs> so <laughs> no, like, that's not a conclusive answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, he does not understand what I'm asking him, and you hate him for it <sighs> a little bit. And then also, it's just like <sighs> said, you live in our country, you speak our language. I know <sighs> a little bit. A little bit of the language wouldn't kill him. Anyway, look, I don't... Email me if you want me to cut that part out. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm not one of these people... Oh, God. (laughs) It's like, uh, uh, hey, speak English wherever you are, but I think you should know a little bit if you're in a job where you have to converse with people where that's the primary language important they're speaking. White men. Yeah, I get it. Not just important white men, all people. That right. if I have some basic questions, you can answer them. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, did you find your keys? No, I didn't find my keys. They're fucking oh, gone. Sucks. I know. That's why I'm so mad. Did they... Um... Did they have your car keys on them? Too? Yeah, I had my car key. I mean, luckily, it was a cop. That's the thing. It's a copy of my car key. For years, I haven't had a copy of my car key, and I finally got a copy made. It was fucking $30, and then I threw it in the garbage. Well, I mean, that one's on you. I know it's, and that's what makes it so frustrating. You know so who I think it's on? It's on? It's on Donald Trump for stressing us out so much. I mean, in a way, yes, it really is. I Send mean, him a bill I, for it. I'm sure I, he'll pay it. I hate doing that because, you know, he's not the kind of guy that likes to blame other people for his problems. Yeah. But uh, for this one, I think he's he has to take a little bit of the blame. That's right. He'll take the blame, Tom. <laughs> he'll happily take the blame. And uh, probably reimburse you for it. Just send him an invoice. He's very prompt at paying invoices. Yeah. But yeah, so that's been my day. And like... You know, uh, literally the keys that I had on there were like a hundred dollars worth of keys, you know, to like get them replaced, get the keychain replaced. Cause like the outside key to... <laughs> How expensive was the keychain. It was a beer. It was a nice keychain. I have one of those keychains that it's like a knife, a, like a Swiss oh. army knife. And it's got all the keys in it. Oh man. This, uh, Porter of yours is definitely, uh cutting things up tonight he took him he swiped those keys now if he did he was smart enough to also swipe the bag of dog shit which is pretty yeah so where does it go uh i don't know like i was look and that was the thing too like beyond the language barrier i'm like looking around the room and there's just like nothing there that you know there's not other bags of trash or anything so it's like yeah, there's not even something I can point to and be like, oh, is it, can I look in here? Is it maybe in here? Just nothing. Huh. What a world. <sighs> Just vanished. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Hmm. And I would, uh, I guess they don't look in the trash compactor. I guess I wouldn't. But like, I was kind of hoping. Go back in there. When was that? Today, you said? Yeah. Man, that sucks. That's a shitty day. It's oh god yeah I'm so still so mad it it and yeah it was f- literally first thing I wake up groggy take my dog out I'm I haven't had coffee I'm still half asleep and this happens and it's just like well my whole day is fucked now like I'm gonna be in a bad mood all day but then you started talking to your bud Tim yeah I guess 
Yeah. Um, uh, the number two on my list, Tom. First, mm-hmm. I said I didn't. I haven't really eaten at all. Yeah. Number two, I'm having my first alcoholic beverage of the week. No, oh, really? I've been. I haven't drinking all all yeah i've been i've been seeing how long i could hold i mean out. It, it hasn't helped if anything it's just made my mornings worse but you know what i learned from 2016 mm-hmm. if things aren't going to go the way that you want I mean, <laughs> drinking isn't going to change it. It, it drinking makes wednesday morning a lot lot worse yeah um that's the one thing i've always been glad about me uh that I tend not to drink when I'm upset, which I think is probably the only thing that would classify me as not an alcoholic. Right. Like, I like to drink when I'm in a good mood, not when I'm in a bad mood. Agreed. And I'm in yeah. I'm in a bad mood often enough that if I used alcohol to cope with it, oh, it would be a big problem. <laughs> yeah, that would like kill you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, but, no, I mean, what I learned from 2016 is like, if you drink enough and you're that disappointed, sometimes you wake up in the process of crying. You've been crying in your sleep <laughs> yeah. and you're still weeping in the real world. It sucks. Um, yeah. What was the other thing that happened? Oh, I was going to... Wait, hold on. So the combination of these two things, Tom, uh-huh. and this is going to explain because we're eventually going to talk about a book that I've okay, been reading. Yes. Um, is that... Uh, the combination of very little sleep, mm-hmm. very little to eat, and this half a glass of whiskey, and I think I'm already slurring. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, give me, uh, cut me some slack this week. Can you hold on one sec? I'm gonna, and we can cut it here. My dog's going crazy. Let me just show yeah. her I'm here. Tom, I, I thank you for the opportunity for giving me a few seconds to look at Twitter. <laughs> well, I'm 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 sure you learned a lot. Um, I learned that the uh, Alaska Senate race is very close. Oh. It's in a state of flux. Wow, it's in a state of Alaska. Yeah, I know the state of Alaska. Yeah, oh, I see what you're doing. I'm drunk. I told you already. I'm drunk, Tom. I watched. Stop confusing me. I watched an exceptionally bad movie this past weekend, of which part of it took place in Alaska. Do you know of this movie, The the Big Year? The Big Year? Yeah. I feel like I've heard of it. Starring Steve Martin, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah. They're like bird watchers, right? Yeah. It's a bird watching movie? Yeah. It was... Is it bad? Oh, it was so... Yeah. It was just really bad. I like those those folks. Exactly. And there's a bunch of other like good people. Like Rashida Jones is in it. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. There's just like a ton of people that pop up in it where you're like, oh, wow, this person's in it? And it's just bad. I don't know why any of them agreed to do it. I mean, it's a fine line between genius and complete disaster, right? Yeah, but it's just like on a base level, the movie's like so... This it, It's one of those movies that doesn't feel like a movie because you're like, yeah. wait, what did the people learn? I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Who directed it? David Frankel. Who's that? I don't know. Somebody who was owed a favor, probably. 
you know what? Sometimes these things just don't don't break that way. It's yeah. fine. He directed Collateral Beauty, Hope okay. Springs, Marley and Me. Oh, all right. That's how that's how he got uh, uh his friend Owen, Owen yeah. Look, sometimes you want to make something that's nice and about bird watching, and that's fine. The, uh, oh, he directed The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, it also had a lot of... Um, uh, uh, Birds. Bird facts that were in, in inaccurate, according to IMDb. Oh. So well, that's the thing, <laughs> too. It's like... Oh, like did you, oh, you guys got like real deep into how birding works? It's like no, all the everything was wrong in it. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you gotta make choices for dramatic reasons. Tom. And and one like in the beginning, Jack Black is only seeing one type of bird. The whole the the whole premise is a big year is when you're trying to see as many species of birds as possible, and right. some and somebody wins. Somebody sees the most. And like the first day of the competition, Jack. You don't want to spoil it, but who did it? Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, it was Jack Black, right? Jack Black on the first day only who, sees uh, one I species. Was Google it. Owen Wilson wins in the end. Ah, oh, god damn it! Uh, for the second you, year, he's my third choice. Well, and that's the thing. Like the the movie, Owen Wilson is ignoring his uh, beautiful wife Rosamund Pike, who. Uh, it's like his second or third marriage and all of his marriages have been ruined by his obsession with birding. Um, and then he ruins this marriage by, by going after winning again and he does win. And it's like, wait, what was the message there? (laughs) Well, you know, what, how does he react to winning? They show him at the end that he's in China bird watching more and just kind of like, well, this is my life. I love birds. (laughs) Yeah, so he's just not cut out. He's always going to be a striving for that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, he doesn't need the love of a woman or a man. I don't know uh, what his... Uh, uh, he's straight. It's Rosamund Pike plays his uh, wife in it. The Gone Girl herself? The Gone Girl herself. Hmm. Very um, nice. Yeah, but I was like, geez, Rosamund Pike keeps uh, marrying bad husbands. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And Owen Wilson. has <laughs> been birding Owen Wilson. Cheating Ben Affleck and birding Owen Wilson. <sighs> Tom? Yeah. Let's get into the book. Do you remember what happened uh, in... Here's the problem. Yeah. Usually we record... Let's uh, take a look behind the scenes. We record an episode <laughs> of The Complete Guide <laughs> to Everything. Let's take a look behind the scenes. Usually we record an episode of The Complete Guide to Everything. Mm-hmm. We do that. We get that out of our systems. We shake the sillies out. Mm-hmm. Then we get to Books the Podcast where we can talk about Books. literature. Yeah. Yeah. And this time, I told you today, like, I'm in no mood to do both shows tonight. Right. Yeah. And I was in the same position. <laughs> I have to go to bed in 30 minutes or I'll die. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, can't, I can't leave my house anymore because I'll be locked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, we uh, we're doing this because this needs to come out tomorrow. And mm-hmm. we're we're good businessmen. Uh, if nothing else. It's my New Year's resolution to be a good businessman. Um, and uh, so now we're talking about the book. Yeah. And oh, what I'm saying is. This was a lot more freewheeling 
There's a lot of stuff that we. Yes. I think I feel like you would have talked about your keys on the normal episode. Right. Um. You just kind of crap. You you you, th- you threw a good story right down the garbage chute too. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with, with my keys and a bag of dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I feel like if you had told that story on the complete guide, everything, I would have uh, been more lively and asked more questions. And well, may- yes, hey. and did you a lot, but Tim, maybe sorry. I will. <laughs> maybe I'll tell the exact same story. Guys, whatever the episode winds up being this Sunday, you don't need to listen to it. You heard most <laughs> no, of it. No, I won't. It, it's the kind of thing where, like, I'm still mad about it so I can talk about it. But, like, tomorrow I'll be, like, so mad that I won't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. Anyway, what happened in Pet Cemetery thus far, Tom? They moved into the Pet Cemetery. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the the last chapter, I mean, the big thing was that the dad brought uh, brought uh, the dead, uh, what was it, rabbit? Cat? cat. Yeah, to the, cat to, named Church. To the pet cemetery. And it hasn't come back yet, right? No, it has. Right. It Remember, has it come came back. back. It was ornery. Yeah. Uh, it was mean. Uh, when it licked, his cold was tongue. His tongue was cold. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, I think that yeah, was that bad. was basically it, right? Yeah, you remember the uh, there was the old another lady sex across scene. The street? Yeah, the old lady across the street um, suffered a heart attack. Yes, she wound up being okay. Um, guess what? Uh, this lady, uh, this lady dies of another thing a couple months later. Um, in like early spring. Okay. No, nope. at the end of January, she had like an aneurysm or something. Late she was winter. an old lady. Yeah, it was uh, Judd's wife, Norma. Pam. No, no, there's a different Judd. Tom. <laughs> oh, thank God. Remember when uh, Judd and Rachel were almost a thing? <sighs> Tim, that was editing, according to Judd. And then she she married uh, uh, a guy from Boston mm-hmm. who became a congressman. Yeah, and she became a psychopath. Yeah, he was from the real world too, right? The real mm-hmm. world Boston. From real yeah. world, real 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 world Boston. <laughs> I need to go to sleep. Um. So anyway, uh, Judd's wife passes away, and uh, Lewis at some point. Your Lewis is the main character. Yeah, and he thinks. Uh, because like uh, you know, Lewis's wife uh, Rachel hmm. is like, "Hey, uh, you gotta go, you know, like you gotta go console Judd. Like yeah. he's your friend, he's your buddy, yeah, he's, he's your drinking buddy. You're his friend, and I think he needs you. You're his friend. Well, I am." Lewis thought with a small touch of surprise. I never expected to have an eighty-year-old man for a buddy, but I guess I do. Lewis in this book is in his mid-thirties. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I would like to have an 80-year-old man as a buddy. Yeah, especially as like a drinking buddy out on the porch. Yeah. That'd be cool. Wouldn't it be cool if there was just an 80-year-old man you hung out with every day, just like getting drunk on a porch every night? Yeah, he'd probably tell you some real uh, uh, crazy shit because he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. He told them about the fucking pet cemetery and brought a cat back to life, remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they like walked above the, the earth and stuff on the way there. Yeah, he's a pretty cool friend to have. Yeah, but I would think even a regular 80-year-old man, as long as he was, you know, cool enough to drink. Yeah. 
Hey, he's played by freaking uh, John Lithgow and Herman Munster, so this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> he, he does sound pretty cool. Uh, John Lithgow, by the way, did a fabulous turn in the new Perry Mason series on HBO. Yeah. Just want to give him a shout out there. I'm, I'm for some reason a big John Lithgow fan, but I haven't seen him in much. Uh, I think you'd like him in this, Tim. He plays, uh, yeah. you know, like an old timey lawyer who says boyo a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, I like when people say boyo. <laughs> um, Ellie, his daughter, um, starts to ask questions about the lady because she died and yeah. she lived across the street and they were friends. Um, and then, uh, he, he mentions, uh, like she asked about like religion and stuff and like heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, and he said, Lewis was aware uncomfortably. So that Ellie probably knew a hell of a lot more about Ronald McDonald than Spider-Man and the Burger King than she did about (laughs) Moses, Jesus, and St. Paul. First of all, I know more about Ronald McDonald and Spider-Man than Moses, Jesus, and St. Paul. Yeah, the, I bet you don't, even, King, you don't even know how Moses got his powers, but you know how Spider-Man got his powers. Uh, it still hasn't been explained <laughs> adequately. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I watch all the movies, and I'm just like, oh, is this the time? They never tell you. Um, but the Burger King? <laughs> Come on, Stephen King. I expect you to know more about fast food than this. Yeah, Nobody knows really. about the Burger King. I mean, now they have the character with, you know, the mask. But that, yeah. but that's a recent development. Right. Um, so he's, he's talking to... Uh, yeah, that's a recent... But, like, also it's like the Burger King is just like... He's like a scary king mask guy yeah. that's like ironic right still, there's not I, that much to know about him yeah i still know more about jesus than i know about him and i don't know much about jesus right you know more about spider-man than jesus though yeah <laughs> we all do except you know I, I still don't know how spider-man got his powers um look i got i got Tom, there's a lot of ground to cover i i'm drunk already <laughs> <laughs> You've had two sips of whiskey. <laughs> I know, and I just I'm on no sleep. I haven't eaten in a week. This is I'm in a very vulnerable place right now, Tom. It sounds like maybe you need to take a trip to the pet cemetery. Maybe we need to bury you there. I think I need to take a chill pill, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Tim. Uh New Jersey has passed marijuana legislation, so pretty soon they'll be selling chill pills in the form of doobies. Right yeah. across, right across the bridge. Just take the dang uh, path train. Yeah, get high. Yeah, take that the path train to freaking uh, that path. That path train is going to be the Hot Box Express. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> um, whatever things happened, con- things continued to happen. Life went on. Um, Rachel, his mm-hmm. wife. The, you know, there a lot of things like, uh, you know, uh, passage of time happens. So, so, uh, Man, so it's yeah, cra- Ellie it's... turned six and the flu epidemic passed because, yeah. like, he, he, he works in a, at a college right. health center. Right. So, yeah. Busy so it's time. Like, that's the big thing. Rachel. It is wife, crazy that his neighbor's name is Judd and his wife's name is Rachel. I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, is Pedro going to show up? Yeah, yeah. going to put his dang finger in the peanut butter in their house. <laughs> That's the last straw. Um, Rachel, 
mm-hmm. developed a mild infatuation with the blonde bag boy at AMP at the AMP in Brewer and rhapsodized to Lewis at night about how packed his jeans looked. <laughs> Jesus. It's probably just toilet paper, she added. Squeeze pa- it pa- sometimes. Pack full of uh, dick and balls, presumably, is yeah. what she was referring to. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, my wife and I have a good relationship, but like, <laughs> I feel like it would be weird if she came home and she's like, just came back from the grocery store. You would not believe the guy who rung me up. His dick was giant. I could see it through his pants, and I'm mildly infatuated with it. His jeans were packed. Um, So that was a weird thing. Yeah. Um, And then, Tom, we reach a point of the story that I knew was going to happen. And um, look, I don't have any kids, Tom, Mm -hmm. uh, that I know of, right? Yeah, good one. People say that joke. Mm -hmm. No, I don't have any children. Um, I, I do have, uh, nieces and nephews. Yeah, yeah. Nieces and nephew. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The kid died, the, the, the little boy, the two-year-old dies. Yeah. Gage. Uh-huh. And first they set it up with this scene about Lewis's, uh, happiest time with, with his little boy, mm-hmm. um, just a few weeks before he dies, like, they're home alone, uh, like the, the his wife and daughter are out somewhere, and he's like, hey, man, let's go fly a kite. Yeah. And they fly a kite, and it's it's a magical time, and mm-hmm. the and it's it's this really long thing, and like, you're just like, crap, and now this devastating thing's gonna happen. For context, I was reading this um, on Saturday and Sunday before this election, where I was yeah. like, super nervous yeah um, which is also why i don't remember a lot of the details because i was very <laughs> nervous and i read it like almost a week ago uh i was just binge reading this book to get my my uh mind off the real world it's like cool well not the real world but the <laughs> right because if anything but, this reminded you of the real world yeah, with, what with judd and rachel and all <laughs> um but like uh i was like oh, okay well, let me get my mind off uh upsetting real life things and it's like yeah. hey how about the death of a child uh described I, I posted on Instagram about this, but I did that the other night. I, I fired up the old PlayStation and then forgot that my f- freaking thumb is still broken. I can't play PlayStation right now. You need a Wii. No, no, because I... Because that's just one Wii mote that you need to use. Yeah. There are some games that are... And I can like kind of play games like just adjusting my grip and using different fingers, but I'm not nearly as good. If I really wanted to just play video games, I have other options. But, you know, of course, it's like, well, I want to play this game. Yeah. Um, what game was it? Uh, a game called Judgment. Mm, the Judgment Night soundtrack? No, Tim, you idiot. The Birth of Rap Rock? No. That was the birth of rap rock, though, and people don't give it uh, uh, enough. Uh, well, because the reverence. Judgment Night soundtrack was cool, yeah, but rap rock was not cool. That's true. Although I'll tell you what, I was driving a bunch uh, this past week, and uh, I forgot about that uh, Lincoln Park Jay Z thing that they did together until that yeah, came on the radio. <laughs> I feel like Jay Z. Jay Z's gotta be so embarrassed about that now. Money and influence to make sure that that was never played on the radio again. Well, they play it on the radio in Pennsylvania. 
Uh, Pennsylvania is a weird. Well, Pennsylvania is great state that we're uh, <laughs> we're all very proud of. Yeah, we're holding out a lot of hope for. Um, you know what? I always thought, and I never said this at the time, and I've never said it since. I think Limp Biscuits "Nookie" is a good song. Wow, I think it's a good song. Okay, and I think Smash Mouth's "All Star" is a really good song too. <laughs> And the kids' pop version of it made me cry one time. Wow, Tim, you're apparently very drunk. <laughs> um, I'm in a weird place. Um, I will <clears> say <throat> that I think part of the problem with uh, All Star is it's just been played so many times at this point. Yeah, but like, but I'll agree. Like fundamentally, it's not a bad song. It's catchy. You know what the you know what the problem with it is? It's the first verse and the shape of an L on her forehead line. Mm-hmm. People think it's 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 not a serious song. Yeah. But what about this? Well, the years <laughs> start coming and they don't stop coming. That's fucking true, man. <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ! Can you get back to the book? Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. That's fucking true, man. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. Tim, You'll you're going to shine have, if you don't glow. You're going to have to go to the hospital tonight for alcohol poisoning if you don't <laughs> get get back on track here. The kid dies. It's, it's horrible. Thankfully, Stephen King... Um, foreshadows it enough like not yeah. even foreshadows like says like uh this will be like he basically says like and in a couple months his son will be dead right and right. then uh, so you know it's coming and then it, it, it's done mostly in flashbacks essentially they're playing on the lawn the kid uh thinks it's funny to uh to run away from his parents and they yell stop stop when he gets close to the 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 street yeah. and, you know these big tr- trucks come down yeah. the street he gets hit by a truck um, and dies. Um, and, uh, like, it. this is where I think Stephen King is good at kind of, like, doling out. Because, like, look, if there was just a scene all of a sudden in the middle of the book where right. this horrible thing happens, just horrible traumatic event happens, mm. out of nowhere, you're not prepared for it. Yeah, you and- think it's, like, cheap. And it happens all at once. It's not even, you would think it might be cheap, but like that's how life happens too, right? right? Like uh, the big traumatic event yeah. can just happen to you out of the blue. I heard a wise man once say the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Yeah. Fed to the rules and you hit the ground running, man. Um, but uh, this kid hit the ground running and it <laughs> turned out badly for him. Um but like if that had happened and it was just out of nowhere and it was mm-hmm. just in grisly detail, yeah, I would have just shut the book and been like, "Fuck this book! Enough of this book! I'm not. This was too." No. So he prepares you for it, and then it's told in like flashbacks at certain points as the story's progressing. So like there are some grisly details that get right. that get shared. But it's not all at once, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you get a little bit, and oh my god, so horrible. And then yeah. the story progresses a little bit, and then like, you know, this this father who is is racked with with yeah. all sorts of guilt and and pain. shame, and, yeah, and pain, 
um, he he relives, and you get more and more of the story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a clearer picture of exactly what happened and how devastating it was. So I think that's a that's a smart way. I think uh, when you're the master of horror, yeah. you know, like don't just like punch somebody in the face with something because then right. they'll just fucking walk away. Nobody yeah. wants to read that shit. Yeah, I'm reading for fun here and for money in this case. But if you draw it out, then it's more devastating too. You know, it's, it's it is more devastating. It's not, it's not just like bam, and now it's over. It's 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 both more devastating and more palatable. Yeah. Anyway, um, his coworker Steve hmm. comes over and is like helping like deal with the family and stuff. Like when the funeral's happening. Um, and he says, oh, Christ, Lewis, what a cock-knocking motherfucking mess this is. <laughs> and that probably made Lewis feel a lot better about the death yeah, of his yeah, son. Yeah, no, he got, he got over the death of his son. Um, so what happened, uh, so the, his uh, mother I'll, I'll have to remember those wise words the next time I have to console a friend. <laughs> what a cock-knocking motherfucking mess this is. I want you to... Whatever funeral you and I find ourselves at, uh, I want you to say that to me, Tom. Put <laughs> your, your hand on my shoulder. <laughs> um, so the mother-in-law and father-in-law, you remember them? Mm-hmm. They uh, the the father-in-law hates Lewis. He offered him. He offered to pay for his medical school. Yeah, he'd stop yeah. dating his daughter. They come because he's like the last thing I want is my daughter marrying a doctor. Yeah. Oh, one thing that I, me- I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Is that there's this whole story. This is after the woman dies, but before um, the the kid dies. The wife, uh, uh, Rachel, not Rachel, Judd's wife. Yeah, Judd's wife. Right. Pam. Uh, the two deaths that we've talked about. Yeah, between Pam and <laughs> and uh, and Puck's death, um, or whatever the little kid's name is, uh, Gage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think his name is Puck. <laughs> but imagine. <laughs> That'd be crazy. People would be like, oh, my God, Stephen King is an oracle. <laughs> yeah. Or, or MTV cast the show with all Stephen King characters from Pet Cemetery, Which would be a weird thing to do. Yeah. To find that perfect group, too. Exactly. Um, uh, so Rachel's... Uh, Ra- Rachel, remember, she was like, she's weird about death. And like Stephen yeah. King's like... I can't believe this woman's weird about death. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. You have to read the room, man. Not everybody's the master of horror here. Yes, um, it's because her her uh, she had a, a an older sister mm-hmm. who died when she was a child, um, and she had spinal meningitis, and it went on forever. And it, like it, she was in so much pain, and she kind yeah. of turned into. There, it goes into this whole thing about people with uh, terminal illnesses that get drawn out so much um, often turn into actual monsters and, like, bad people, <laughs> which is, like... Uh, this, I, I haven't I, heard that take before, but... I can see how this thing, like, where they're just, like, they have a toxic mindset, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. How they can. How, they how can, yeah. Can do Not this. necessarily. And, they all do, but that, that can happen, yeah. yeah. And essentially, she terrorized the family. I mean, that's what would happen this... to me if I had a terminal illness. You know what? I would like to think that I'd be brave and right. be like the inspiring guy, and then nah, you'd see I'd like a like, little fuck everything. On a this TV is bullshit. Thing. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna make you suffer too. Why because... not? Why not? Why me? Why not you? 
And that's essentially where this is, where it's yeah. like the sister like adopted that a- attitude where like um she like they thought like she took uh she took joy in when like she would shit the bed and somebody else uh, had to clean it up and stuff yeah. because she was so miserable they should be miserable too. Whatever. It traumatized Rachel so much and she was the only one home. She was home alone caring for this girl when she mm-hmm. actually died. Um and she didn't tell Lewis any of this. All, all Lewis uh, knew okay. was that she was traumatized by the death of her sister right. when she was a kid. And she just lets it all out and like loses it and, yeah. and fucking tells the whole story. Um, and this is why she has her thing. And like, and Lewis is like, fuck your stupid parents for leaving you alone with her. You were just a kid. Yeah. Um, and then she died and then whatever. So like she feels guilt because she was happy when she died because she hated her and like yeah. all this stuff. So that's all wrapped up in this. Um, essentially, uh, this is where it's cool. This is the one piece of the movie that I saw on the USA Network when I was a kid <laughs> okay. that freaked me out. That, and this, this is, movie was on the USA Network 20 hours out of the day. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to find this on a streaming network. I still think the USA holds the exclusive <laughs> rights for this show, uh, right. for this movie. Well, I will. Uh, I might have to go to nefarious sources, but I'm not bo- not above it. Um. So, uh, her mother-in-law and, or Lewis's mother-in-law and father-in-law come for the funeral mm-hmm. of the boy, and Lewis is like, "All right, they're gonna walk in. I'm gonna." And and Rachel stayed at home. She she couldn't she couldn't deal with it for the morning session. Right. But she came in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the dad, the father-in-law would not shake Lewis's hand. Mm. And Lewis was like, all right, fuck this old man. Like, yeah. my kid just died, and he blames me. Yeah, and, and he's then, like, I don't need this old man. I've got another old man I'm friends with. Exactly, and he's my friend. Um, and he, then, uh, he taught me about a magic graveyard. <laughs> exactly. We brought, a, we brought a cat back to life. Um Anyway, um, later on in the in the afternoon session of the wake, yeah, um, the 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 father in law and and uh, Lewis get into first a verbal fight, mm. and the father in law's like, "Ah, this is your fault. I knew if she married you." And this is what I saw on TV that like, yeah, really made me really bothered me. And the two of them start. Like, and then Lewis punches him in the face, and then he fucking tackles him, and they knock the coffin over, oh, and it no. almost opens up, but it doesn't. But uh. Lewis sees the hand. It has to be a closed coffin because the kid just got fucking mutilated yeah. by this truck, uh. and that's there's more flashbacks of that. Yeah. But just to me, like people fighting at a child's funeral... Uh-huh. Like was so upsetting to me as like a <laughs> right. seven year old seeing this on the be upsetting to me as an adult. When I saw Little Shop of Horrors, the movie, mm. yeah, I had nightmares and was like, you know, like would wake up in the middle of the night scared. I think I was like six. Yeah, um, it's like a comedy movie, so like, I but I remember that time. movie scaring me as a kid too. Yeah, but I wasn't scared of. The plant, because I knew uh-huh. that was a puppet. I was right. a Muppet kid. Uh-huh. I was I was scared by the Steve Martin character because he was so, um, like he beat the shit out of Audrey, the woman, yeah. and he was so cruel. Yeah, and I'm I think when I was a kid, 
I was never scared by like the supernatural shit that happened in scary things. I uh-huh. was always scared at like I was like freaked out by Steve Martin beating the shit, like being an abusive boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and I was freaked out in this where like two people fighting at a child's funeral. Yeah. And if like you know the cat came back to life, I'd be like, yeah, that, that wouldn't happen. I'm not afraid of that. I remember. I don't know what move what movie it was, but I was thinking about this recently. I remember a movie, seeing a movie when I was a kid, where it was like a bunch of teenagers and they were like uh, drunk driving. It was like a bunch of bad kids and they were drunk driving and you know like blasting music, having a party, and then they saw like a a kid they didn't like riding his bicycle down the road, so they hit him with their car. Yeah, and like. You know, thought it was the funniest thing and like I think killed them. Like they, they, you know, were driving like 60 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, they just fucked me up seeing like something that really happens. <laughs> and then yeah, just like people like laughing about it. And, absolute cruelty. Yeah. Right? That's more upsetting than, oh, absolutely. Any, than like Freddy Krueger or anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Freddy Krueger's all right. He gets a bad yeah, rap. Right. Um, actually, one time I went to this book fair. and eh, whatever. <laughs> I bought this gonna, book. Were you going to tell a lie about Freddy Krueger being at a book fair, Tim? <laughs> no, I went to a book fair in the city where they would shut down a portion of Fifth Avenue and all these, mm. you know, it was great. My, my mom took me and my friends uh, there every year. Mm. Um, it was nice. You buy books. And I bought this graphic novel of all these horror stories one time. Mm-hmm. But also... We passed the building that one of my friends purported was the building from Three Men and a Baby that was haunted by the dead kids. Uh-huh. And I had nightmares for a couple nights after that. And my parents thought it was because of the horror graphic novel that I bought at the book fair. Oh. But no, I was scared about the, like, it had reawakened the Three Men and a Baby little kid haunting the, the right. apartment and movie. I mean anyway. that, that 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 is a supernatural thing yeah, that, that you were that, afraid of. That contradicts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I'm just saying is, if you have kids, don't maybe show them what anything. You think what the, what you think is giving them nightmares might not be the thing that's <laughs> giving them nightmares. Right. It might be something way more ridiculous. Exactly. Um, so anyway, this happens, and then uh, you know they fight, and it's a, it's yeah. a whole big fucking scene. And they bury the kid, and it's it's all sad. Um, and then Judd shows up at um, at Lewis's house. And Lewis goes home from the funeral. Right, it is the next day. It's the funeral, and and Judd's like, and and he and he fucking gets hammered. He goes down yeah. to the basement and has like twelve beers. Right. Um, and then Judd comes over at like in like the middle of the night. He's like, I know what you're fucking thinking, Lewis. And you're not going to bury your kid in that fucking pet cemetery. Yeah. Um, and then he tells him the story. Remember when Lewis asked Judd if there was a, if any a human was ever buried? Yeah, in, yeah. And uh, essentially there was a, a kid that died, I think in World War II? Okay. Yeah, that, that uh, uh, it was uh, Timmy Baderman. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad buried... To be there, there in yeah. and he rose from the dead, and uh, he was just like, and everyone in the town knew that he died in the right, war, yeah, at the, in yeah. the war, and they went to his dad, and they were like, "Yo, 
Did you bury your kid in the pet cemetery? He's like, no. He just none came of, back to life on his own. It's none of your business. They had the paperwork all wrong. It was They sent some other kid in the coffin, and then Timmy came back. And you're like, <laughs> oh, holy shit. And Timmy was just like skulking around the town. Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, they went over and confronted them, and it was like, they were like, we got we to gotta put a stop to this. Yeah. So it was Judd and a couple other guys. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Timmy Baderman walks in while they're, while they're talking to the dad Mm -hmm. and he was just like, I know things about you. And like, uh, he was just like, uh, he he knew everybody's secrets. He's like, ah, you cheated on your wife. Ah, you did this. And like, he told these three guys that came, um, Mm. all the things and I forget exactly what they were. But, right, uh, but like Judd, personal secrets, bad yeah, secrets. Like like everybody's deepest, darkest, right, most that, horrible secrets. That they wouldn't want anyone else to know and never told anyone. Yeah, exactly. And Judd tells uh, uh, Lewis this. Mm-hmm. And, and Lewis is like, oh, man, all right. <laughs> um, and eventually uh, the, the dad shoots Timmy. And burns the house down with himself in it. So it was a murder-suicide yeah. situation. Well, was it a murder, though? Mm-hmm. Can you murder the undead? No, that's double jeopardy. Um, And then Lewis is like, what was the secret about you? Mm-hmm. And Judd, again, Stephen King is obsessed. I think Stephen King went to a whore because <laughs> Judd was like, he knew that I went to a whore a few times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife wouldn't have been happy with it, but also, like, you know, whatever. I think she ultimately <laughs> would have been cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, like, so, so many So he was basically like, like, I don't know, Timmy, I think, was a real prude about it. I feel like this this book is Stephen King like hinting to his wife like, "Hey, would you be pissed if I?" <laughs> yeah. Came How bad of a character a is this? Oh uh, yeah, because yeah. I thought for sure that. Uh when you started talking about deepest secrets that that was how this would come back uh you know that uh, that offer mark that you mentioned during week one about like oh that whore i saw six years ago yeah yeah there's a lot of horror talk in this it's just like in passing like yeah you know all these normal all the likable people in this book have visited a horror a few times but like they're cool about it, so let's not. Let's well, not, yeah, let's not go crazy here. But it's still understood that it's like a big social stigma and would make a lot of people close to them very upset. But ultimately, right. not a big deal. <laughs> right. Um, so hey, don't freak out about this. Don't be a prude. Um, and when we say whore like this, uh, I mean sex worker. Yeah, that, that's We're Stephen King's positive. words. Yeah, Stephen exactly. King's words, rather. Um. And uh, and and Lewis is like, look, I would never do that. Yeah. And then uh, Judd leaves, and he's like, hmm, <laughs> maybe I should do that. And he goes to like pick up a pizza the next day, or or this was earlier in the day, and he was thinking about like how he could dig up his kid's body and mm. blah, blah, blah. And then like he's just like, hey, the next day he's like. Hey to Rachel and and uh, and their daughter. He's like, why don't you go spend some time at your mother in law and father in law's in Chicago, mm-hmm. or at your mother and father's, his mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
and the dad, uh, and she's like, all right. He's like, maybe we'll spend the whole summer there. Maybe we need to get away from everything. No. And like, also, by we- the way, before you go, do you remember where the shovel is? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he's still not like sure 100% he's going to committed. Do it. Yeah. yeah. And then the the father in law calls him up, and he's just like, "Oh, thank you so much. I'm so so sorry. I misjudged you." Wow. Uh, whatever. It turns out he was drunk, and like they see each other at the airport the next day, and the dad was just like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" Uh, um, so he's still but, a dick. Yeah, he's still a dick, but also like he can't take back the apology and everything. Whatever. Um, the one thing that I that I forgot to like. This whole thing is just, he really captures the all-encompassing, you know, nightmare that is, like, grief, like, immediate grief. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, we're joking around here, but this is a pretty devastating fucking book. Right. Um, And maybe I was in a fragile state when I was reading it, but also, (laughs) like, like... This section was like hard to get through because yeah. it's just like, especially losing a, a child, and like he, it's very expertly done where like it the grief just permeates everything, and it's yeah. really and like you understand how like this look. I think there's only like, you know, there's a quarter of the book left. Like, there's mm-hmm. not much of this book left um yeah Tim, and, uh, for the listener at home tim is showing me how much of the book is left and he hasn't buried the kid he hasn't even fully decided to bury right, the kid yeah. yet um you would think this book would be like the kid gets buried in the first yeah the first know, act the end of the first of the, act yeah and then he terrorizes them like this this kid's only gonna be he's, he's gonna bury the kid we know he's gonna bury the fucking kid yeah um this kid's gonna only be back to life for like, you know, twenty pages out yeah. of this whole thing. But still, but like, uh, I don't know, Stephen King, uh, really good at doling out, um, devastating things, <laughs> and then uh, really good at uh, describing grief. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Read it when you're vulnerable. Um, <laughs> it sounds so like. That's, yeah. Sounds like sounds that's like a horrible time to read it, but well, you know. Um, anyway, uh, that's where we left off. It's his family goes off, and he's home alone, and he's thinking about it, my man. Yeah, he's thinking maybe I'll bring my kid back as a yeah. soulless zombie who knows everybody's secrets better than not this... having a kid at all. Yeah, and there's this whole thing about how like once you've been to the pet cemetery and you've done something to the pet cemetery, it like has this hold on you. Oh, that like, makes it sense. It makes you want to do this stuff. It makes you act irrationally, yeah. even when you know rationally, like, my kid is going to come back as a monster. It's, like, drawing you back right. to do that. Well, I would think even if it didn't, even if it didn't have some kind of supernatural hold, uh, if I ever went to a cemetery where you, if you buried something dead, it came back to life, I would think about it every time death came up. <laughs> I would yeah. always think, well, there is that uh, weird cemetery that brings things back to life. Yeah, but even if you know that things come back all fucked up, like they hate this cat. Like yeah. he, he thinks about like smashing this cat with a cinder block every wow. every fucking chance he gets. Yeah, but um, even even still, you would be like, ah, but maybe this would be different. Maybe I should roll yeah. the dice. Yeah, 
It's it's you know, I you have to risk it, especially you know if he's in a situation where it's like, well, I have nothing left to lose. Exactly. So uh, I, I can't I can't be more devastated than I am right now. Yeah. That that was me saying that about the end of the episode. My only hope is that when he finally buries this kid, it's not going to describe the long walk again to the <laughs> to the pet cemetery. We've already gotten that twice, and I get it. Yeah. Well, maybe him and his wife will go there, and they'll describe the long walk, and then have a long sex scene there. Oh, there was there was another. Uh, did I? I don't think I noted it. Tom, I've taken the weird, uh, the way that I've taken notes for this mm-hmm. is if I find something funny um, or or like notable, mm-hmm. I'll just like circle the page number and dog ear the, the page, the, the page corner of the page. The, yeah. And then uh, make uh, draw an arrow and underline the thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've just underlined all the sex scenes and everything when they say like cock knocking mother. So when this eventually winds up at like <laughs> Use a goodwill, store. yeah, <laughs> like it's going to be the weirdest, the, the weirdest reading experience for the next yeah. owner of this book. Or we can raffle it off for charity. Well, Tom. You're more than welcome to, you keep talking about raffling books off. Yeah. For charity. Go ahead. Do it. We're in a pandemic, Tom. Yeah. Think about the community once in a while. I am, Tim. And if you want to set up doing raffles, you're more than welcome to. Great. I think this might be the longest episode of Punch the Podcast <laughs> ever. Well, that's what happens when we record separately. It's true. Full of spunk. Well, Full uh, of nervous energy. Uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe. Maybe. For uh, part four of pet cemetery and then the week after that i'll be watching the original movie i believe it's starring herman munster as the pet cemetery wait. yeah all right uh until then keep reading hey and keep the faith see you next week My-